Welcome to this week's episode of Pour Another Round, where we're here to discover and share the stories behind the breweries filling up your glass. Today, we've got Reed from Alt Brew in Madison, Wisconsin. And for those who didn't pick up on it, that means alternative brewing. That means many things to the Alt Brew crew, from brewing only gluten-free beer to going outside the norms of beer, especially gluten-free ones, and even beating to, the, beating to their own drums of music, wardrobe, and really life in general. And we got a tour of the brewing facility before we recorded with Reed, and they have a very serious boundary rules to keep their brewing floor 100% gluten-free. There's a physical clean zone line that absolutely cannot be crossed with contaminated gluten-y items or or anything like that. (laughs) They take the allergens in their beer so seriously that they have an entire webpage dedicated to sharing exactly what ingredients are in each one of their beers. So consumers with any sort of dietary sensitivities are able to enjoy the beers with no worries. And quality control is how you make quality beer, obviously, and Alt Brew definitely does both. They've even got some GABF medals to show for the, the quality of their beer. We enjoyed spending time at the Alt Brew Tap Room on the northeast side of Madison. If you've been to Carbon 4 or to Ale Asylum in Madison, they're right in the same neighborhood. Alt Brew beer is also available in retail and on tap throughout Madison, in the Milwaukee area, and even up in the Fox Valley and the Green Bay markets here in Wisconsin. So grab yourself a beer. And whether you have any food sensitivities or not, you've now got a great option here. And enjoy our conversation with Reed from Alt Brew in Madison, Wisconsin. Cheers to our sponsors. Have you ever wanted to own a piece of your favorite brewery? Well, now you can. Mobcraft Beer, a crowdsourced brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is selling shares with buy-in starting at just $250. They've got ambitious expansion plans over the next few years, and an opportunity to become a shareholder in this is open now. Just check out mobcraftbeer.com backslash invest to learn about investing and how you can grow a return on that investment. Check it out now. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Cameron. We, we like, like beer. beer. Some of the best stories start with beer. Now it's time to make beer the story. Pour another round and drink with us as we explore the stories behind your favorite beers and breweries. Today we're here with Reed Moles from Alt Brew in Madison, Wisconsin. Reed, thanks for joining us on Pour Another Round today and letting us hang out in this this tap room here and you just gave us a little tour so welcome to pour another round awesome thank you for having me uh super excited to be here um you guys have listened to a couple podcasts before this and uh put out some good stuff so awesome well thanks well, thank you appreciate that so reed alt brew is unique in that you're an entirely gluten-free brewery i definitely want to dive right into into that here shortly but first tell us who you are and what your role is here at alt brew and and what's your journey in the brewing industry looked like so far Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I started as everyone else as just an avid beer lover, um, got hooked on Sierra Nevada in college, um, and decided that's, that's the route I wanted to go. Um, actually got into the audio industry, um, and did that for most of my career before coming to Alt Brew. Um, Alt Brew was my first job in the craft beer industry. Um, I started here a year and a half, two years ago, um, just doing, just delivering beer, um, and since then, I've I've picked up. I still do the deliveries. I do all the sales, marketing, and uh, the tapper manager here at Alt Brew. What was your uh, What was your audio experience? What did you do that? Um, I sold audio gear. 
And then I did uh, some audio like tech support stuff. Um, it's I still love it. So it's my it's music and uh, beer are my two favorite things. Like a lot of people. <laughs> well, it's fantastic. My my biggest fear of this podcast is that the audio is off. So if you've listened to it and you <laughs> didn't say that it was the worst you've ever heard, that's all right with hey, me. You guys got you got a leg up on a lot of uh, some of the other ones. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so so why completely gluten free then, Reed? Um, tell us how that decision was made for Alt Brew. Sure. Yeah. So the owner, Trevor Easton, um, he started homebrewing um, in college, um, just decided that he wanted to get into creating his own beer instead of just drinking whatever he could get. Um, started brewing gluten, regular barley beer um, for a while, and then he met the love of his life and turned out that she had celiac um, and could not have gluten beer. Um, so Trevor decided, well, he wants to drink beer and she wants to drink beer. They couldn't find any good options. Um, so he started home brewing gluten-free beer back in the day, um, which was probably one of one of the earlier people glu- brewing home brewing gluten-free beer, um, and then decided that there was a market for it and decided to... He, uh, he started brewing at House of Brews, um, where a lot of people got started here in Madison. Um, I know Mobcraft, Deadbird, um, they were all in the building, kind of a community space. And Trevor set up his gluten-free brewing there. Um, it took off and then eventually broke off and, and started Alt Brew as we know it today. So the name Alt Brew, I'm assuming, is short for alternative brewing in terms of the process of you know, gluten-free versus the traditional beer styles. And- yeah, exactly. And and it's it's kind of spread out into other aspects of Alt Brew, um, trying to always kind of stay a little bit alternative um, in a lot of different ways um, from the ingredients we use um, to just to the music we play at the tap room and the lifestyle that we we all kind of live so so what do you, what do you think is is the alternative alternative stuff that goes on here like what are some of the the highlights that make alt brew the alternative selections here sure yeah i mean i think um as far as like the beer styles we probably are actually less alternative <laughs> um aside from the fact that we're gluten-free beer um we we try to brew pretty accurate to styles um, existing styles. Um, but other than that, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's a mindset, um, of, of that's what puts us on the map is, is being alternative. We, we already have to do so many different things with our beer to, to comply with the gluten-free standards. So we're, we already don't put ourselves in a box. So I think it's just like, a, it's a mindset. So talking before we dive into the specific beers, talk about that brewing process and you know, from from what I understand on gluten-free beers, there's a couple different ways to do it, like gluten-removed, brewing it th- through the brewing process. What is what does Alt-Brew kind of take the pro- take the approach to, to making sure that there's no gluten in their beers? Yeah, I, I mean, for us, we, we take the approach as, as a lot of other craft breweries. I mean, we want to make the best product we can with the most pure ingredients. Um, so all of our beer is 100% gluten-free. Um, we, do, we don't allow blue, gluten into the brewery. Um, our equipment never touches gluten. Um, we don't, so we don't brew gluten beer and then add an enzyme to remove the gluten. Um, a lot of people that actually have celiac disease, there's still gluten in the beer. It's brewed with gluten. It's brewed on equipment that has gluten. Um, for some people, it's fine. It's, it's some people that just have a gluten sensitivity. Um, but we really strive to 100% be gluten free. Well, yeah, on the the brewery tour that you just just gave us, you showed us the the do not cross line with with any sort of gluten there so what would you call it, the quarantine line yeah, so yeah, they, we, you take that very seriously back oh there. yeah 100 percent um it's something that we we pride ourselves on it's just part of daily routine now um i don't have any issues with gluten personally um so coming into Alt brew that was really an education of 
of just what contains gluten and and uh, and knowing that. And now, you know, at the stores, it's something that I notice now. Um, people that with celiac disease, I mean, that's that's their life when they're at the grocery store looking at every label going. There's a lot of online forums and communities that are all about, hey, I'm super sensitive. I ate this. I didn't have any problems, you know, FYI. Um, so, yeah, we, we take it seriously. And it does. It's interesting because we have to brew differently. Um, we can't just you, you can't just buy a book and then do what the book says and follow the recipe. Um, we always have to do a little bit more research and a little bit more science to figure out how to get these gluten-free ingredients to taste like something that people call beer. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we recently talked with Athletic Brewing, uh, the non-alcoholic brewery. So uh, let's and, and their beer tasted mm-hmm. just like you would normally expect beer to taste. So let's uh, let's pour our first round of Alt Brew beer here and, and see what kind of great beer that is with no gluten in it. Sure. All right, Reed. Well, we have poured our first round here so tell us what you poured for us here and uh talk a little bit about it sure so this is going to be a hiking boots our blonde ale um we're super proud of this one it's um conceived i think probably about a year and a half ago um as part of the pink boots society which is a society to bring women and and um display you know women in the brewing industry okay um and they have a custom hot blend that they Wanted all the beers as a collaboration effort. Um, a lot of breweries all across the United States brewed um, with this hop blend. A lot of a lot of it was IPAs and stuff because it was a, a really interesting hop blend. We decided to go a little different and just do a, a light blonde ale. Um, and then since then, it has evolved a bit. Um, it's not a. We, there's still the same t- the same hops that are in there, but um, we dialed it back a little bit. Um, Try to go like straight down the middle blonde ale. Um, we're super super proud of this one because. There's nothing to hide behind. Um, there's not not a ton of hops. Um, there's not a lot of roast character, obviously, as a blonde ale. Um, so it really is. You're tasting some of the the gluten free ingredients, really pure. Um, and I think I think it turned out pretty good. And I think it tastes it tastes like a blonde ale, um, which was something that was kind of hard for us to get in the past. Okay. Yeah. It, it it's super light and easy drinking. Um, you know, definitely something that would be. For sure, good for for a hot summer day, but but even uh, on this chilly, snowy day that we're <laughs> we're chatting, it's it's an easy drinking beer and and, and really light and 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 good. And is hiking boots the name across the board for every brewery, or does, was it just the same? Um, yeah, it's not the same. So a lot of them were just called like pink boots or okay. or, or something to that matter. Um, I think they did have some rules originally about about the naming conventions. We wanted to to definitely like make sure that we had boots or pink in it. Um, so we played around with a lot of names. Um, at the time, we actually did have a great female brewer, Cassie, um, was with us. So she first conceived this idea and brewed it, um, and she was also really into outdoor stuff and hiking. So we wanted to um, kind of give her that nod, and um, and we kept on brewing the beer. Um, it's changed a little bit, but yeah, yeah. And I think when you know when you do different collaborations or kind of these these recipes that that get sent out for for every brewer to, to jump onto. You guys obviously, as you said, have to take a little bit extra steps in the process to, to research it and make sure that the science on, and the whole thing works with it. So talk about how this beer is a little bit different than what everyone else had to do for this this Pink Boot Society. Sure. I mean, so it was we, we jumped on this right away, one, because we, we had a female brewer um, and that was really excited about it. And she had participated in some events in the past, um, some Pink Boots. Um, Wisconsin has their own like chapter. Um, they've done meetups in the past. Uh, so this was something that was, it was easy for us to jump out in a way because 
the the thing that was that was shared was the hop blend and hops are gluten free so we didn't have anything to worry about there okay. we pretty much had the full opportunity to brew whatever type of beer we wanted to as long as we included those hops what, what kind of hops are in here do you know that off the top of your head oh pop quiz uh, <laughs> it is a crazy blend i think it's like five hops two of which i can't pronounce <laughs> i think i think there was some sabro yeah, I can't remember. I know there's something really long with an A. <laughs> they weren't. They were a lot of hops. I remember that I hadn't tasted like as single hop beers before, so it was kind of hard. We, I mean, and it was all like the the blend is already pre blended. I think it was from Yakima Chief. Some of the flavors, I still not 100 percent sure what they where, what they taste like uh, standalone. You know, yeah, leave it up to the brewer to figure all that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't touch the beer, so <laughs> it, it's interesting to me too that. There, you, you mentioned um, like five hops in this beer, but it's not a hoppy beer at all. Yeah. It's you know it's it's still really light drinking. Um, so it's it's just in- interesting to me when there's so many hop there there might be a, ver- a large larger number I guess variety of hops in a beer, but still not you don't get that like hop punch. Yeah, know? yeah, yep, exactly. And we did to be fair, we did brew we did brew a small batch of a really huge double IPA that we use the same hops for. And, and that when the first was conceived, we released the hiking boots. And I think we just called that one pink boots, double IPA. Um, we released those at the same time. So we did that one. You could definitely taste all, all of the hops. Cause we put a lot more in. Mm-hmm. So for, for Trevor, the brewmaster and owner of alt brew, was it talk about the, the process of like, was it a long and lengthy and like difficult process for him to, to, figure out, okay, now I'm going to start brewing gluten-free beers. How, you know, I imagine there was a lot of, like, trial and error and figuring out, you know, how do I make this this beer that I like to drink gluten-free and, and, and so on. So what what does that, what did that, like, long, potentially long and, and difficult process look like for him? Sure, yeah. I mean, like you said, a ton of trial and error, um, and especially especially years ago, um it's still it's still honestly hard for us to source some of the gluten free ingredients um, in in smaller quantities, especially um, some of the ones are, are used in other food manufacturing processes, but they're sold in like crazy quantities, and and the ingredients are just a lot more expensive in general. So it is really really hard to buy those ingredients at a homebrew scale. There is a whole community of gluten free homebrewers all across the United States that have some great resources and um, you know sharing knowledge. Um, but the getting the ingredients is is probably the toughest part, and I know Trevor struggled with that starting up, uh, and just kind of had to brew beers based on the ingredients that he ingredients actually he could, could access. Okay, um, and then you know just figuring out what does that beer taste like because you couldn't just go to the store and buy you know buy a beer that was made with sorghum and then be like, okay, this is what sorghum is, <laughs> um, this is what rice is, this is what millet sure. is. It's it so it, it was definitely trial and error, and then just hard work <laughs> and persistence really a lot of sampling yeah yep definitely <laughs> for sure uh <clears throat> talking about the the difficulty of getting the products in limited quantities talk about your your output here and, and what is your what does your brewing numbers look like and yeah i mean what 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 does your growth look like you just showed us a huge space back there so you talked about the growth potential as well this year we you know we surpassed our our barrelage um, numbers so we produced and brewed the most beer that we ever have. Um, we sold the most beer that we ever have, um, and actually the same, the same was true um, last year, um, even in the middle of the pandemic. So I do think that um, 
I'm re- we're doing pretty well and, and we're getting to the point where uh, we're just bringing a small um, two barrel system. So uh, in the summer, I mean, we, we couldn't keep up. We were brewing every day, five days a week. Sometimes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, we definitely have plans for expansion and that, and that's the next move. Um, we're talking about that later today, actually. So getting a bigger brewing system it involves a lot though. Obviously it's going from a two barrel system where it's just all electric. Um, every, you know, it, it, there's a lot of home brewers everywhere on that scale. Um, so we have to scale up everything, you know, get a new mill to grind the grain, you know, new electrical, new drainage. So it's, it's a, it's a big work and we're just trying to figure out what, what happens first, um, in that step. But, um, like I said, it's a good problem to have and we're excited for the future for sure. And, uh, you know, we've, we've already obviously touched on the, the alternative brewing aspect of this. So you're, you're definitely brewing for a very niche, 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 I always forget. one of those niche market. I always say niche, niche, but niche. I know a lot of people say niche. Niche market. <laughs> So what is what has been the uh, the res- the reception of a gluten free brewery in the Madison area? Like, do you do you see your general population coming in, or do people come in here who already have a gluten in, um, sensitivity? Sure, I mean, so that that's it's one of the struggles um, and the blessings of of Old Brew as as a gluten free brewery. So we do have, um, you know, unfortunately, people that have celiac disease um, that have a lot of struggle finding options, food, beverage, you know, everything. And some of those people are our most loyal customers and they, they appreciate sure. it. And, and they, you know, they're happy that we don't, that we are just dedicated gluten-free, but there is, there is a mindset, unfortunately, in, in the industry that gluten-free is gluten-free beer is diet beer, or it's, it's something that like a regular gluten barley beer drinker wouldn't enjoy. Um, I mean, we've gotten phone calls here that says, well, what, are, what am I supposed to drink as, as someone that can drink regular beer? It's like, well, you can drink you it. Can drink all drink of it. our beer. Yeah, yeah. It still has alcohol in it. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong. And, you know, so, yeah, we are catering to the small population. But our whole, our whole mindset, um, especially in these last two years, have been let's brew good beer that everyone can enjoy. And, and we're trying to just get away from that mindset that gluten-free beer is, is something weird because, really, it's, it's no different than – uh, a barley beer versus a wheat beer. It's just a uh, different grain. So we still use the same, same hops, same yeast. Um, it's just a different grain. And, and to me, it's, it's interesting because it does have a different flavor, but that doesn't mean that it's bad or, or anything else. So to me, it's just more, something more unique that we're brewing a unique beer that no one else in, in the state is really brewing. So yeah, this, uh, this hiking boots blonde is delicious. It's not, I mean, is it, is it going to be different because it's made different? Yes. But is it, a bad beer absolutely not it's delicious and you could walk in here and enjoy all these so I, yeah absolutely my favorite i mean my favorite customers by far uh you know bartending and stuff is uh in the summers on the weekends we get a lot of, of the brewery happen people that are just going i mean we're right down the road from carbon four mm-hmm. um and ale asylum is not far away so that we're usually kind of the the beginning of people's brewery tours in madison um, and a lot of people walk in here and they, they have no idea that it's gluten-free yeah um and and those are my favorite customers because they're not my favorite customer. My favorite customers are the ones that buy all the beer, <laughs> but they're but they're interesting to talk to because they have no idea, and I usually don't I I don't tell them because if if you're gluten free, the beer is safe. So I like it is, right. <laughs> but if you're not, it's safe. Um, so I I usually don't tell them that until until the end, and then it is it is interesting to see their face because even people that say that they were enjoying the beer, they drank a couple at the all bar. All of a sudden, they'd be like, "Wait, no." Yeah, and then and then it's it's like, "Well, no, you liked that beer. I, yeah. I was watching. Yeah, you already <laughs> said you liked yeah, it." So yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's there's a lot of uh, interesting like marketing stuff that goes in the background about that, but 
but uh, yeah, we 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 want to make sure that anyone that has dietary restrictions knows that our beer is gluten free. But really, I think it's just about changing the mindset of how people think about gluten free beer in general. So, how do you sort of help change that mindset as like the sales and marketing guy? What is what does that conversation look like to whether it's you know people trying to get people into here or if, if you guys are on tap or in, in retail anywhere? Like, what is that? What is that pitch really to? Yeah, kind of I mean, def- definitely hardest in the in the distribution space. Um, so we distribute uh, right now. We're pretty much just in the Madison and Milwaukee areas with bottles, and, and that's a hard pitch to make. And honestly, I don't know if we need to make it. Of you know, there's so many great local beer national companies that have beer in the stores. We're we're an option, and try it. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people that try it because we're we're from Madison and they right, want to try right. all the Madison beer, and that's a great that's a great outlet. But in the distribution sense, I it's it, if they want to buy it they can but there's you know lactose triple ipas with <laughs> crazy artwork you know it's 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 hard to it is hard to make a splash in in the distribution market but as far as tap room i mean that's that's where we really want to get the gluten drinkers because uh, there's there's no difference we have a great space here you know easy to enjoy so to me that's where we can make a difference and it's just like hey this isn't this isn't diet beer it isn't it isn't whatever preconceived notions that people think it is it's beer mm-hmm. and it has alcohol and it's awesome right? <laughs> yeah what else do you need <laughs> have you have you seen a, a big change in like has has the have have those conversations gotten easier since alt brew opened as far as just like having to pitch to people of like you know what what gluten-free beer is and what it means and has you know just looking at the amount of options at the grocery store for gluten-free has like grown immensely over the last you know handful of years. So mm-hmm. uh, how has that conversation gotten easier, harder, stayed the same since all brew opened? Um, I think, I mean, I think especially recently with all the different adjunct brewing, it, it has, it has gotten better because now all of a sudden people are seeing, Oh, this is an IPA that has a bunch of oats in it. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a lager that has rice in it. Um, people are seeing that from, from big breweries all across the United States. So um, I think people are starting to get used to like, hey, you know, yeah, there's hops, there's yeast, there's something that ferments, and there's water. Um, and all those things are subject to change. Right. So. so we were just talking about the importance of your tap room here. Talk about your tap room and how did you pick this location and in, the, in, in relation to the city of Madison? Where are we geographically? Because I just got in here from Green Bay, and I don't know where I am. <laughs> Cameron sure. doesn't know Madison. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're kind of on the north, northish, east, and um, definitely east and kind of north mm-hmm. um, is where we're located. And the reason for the location choice was, I mean, we had two huge players in the Madison beer market that are our neighbors. So we have um, Ale Asylum and Carbon Four. Um, we're literally a block away from Carbon Four, so um, and we've always had a great relationship with them. So it was kind of like, hey, let's. Let's get this little beer mecca kind of going yeah. um, off the beaten path. You know, we might not get as much foot traffic, but we have a parking lot. We have space to do things. We can do events and um, stuff that some of the downtown breweries aren't able to do. So I think I think that was the main reason. We also obviously we we had a plan to expand from the very beginning, and we wanted to make sure that we had a space that could support uh, growth. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, sitting in the tap room right now, it's a nice, cozy space, kind of. I want to say colorful, but also just very easy place to drink. I commented on the ceiling right away, the mm-hmm. the, the um, palette panels mm-hmm. up there. It's just, just like a cool artsy 
artsy place to be. And we got and we got some really cool next door neighbors because um, we're right next to um, Greg Gittner's guitar shop, which is an awesome neighbor to have. So we get a lot of people that come want to go look at guitars. They come over here, drink a beer, and then they go in there, and then they walk. <laughs> I see him walking out with like two guitars. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <You gotta> make, <laughs> he tells they, you to just keep serving yeah, them beer, right. so they come and spend more money. If over If they there. drink beer here and then they buy a guitar, you guys got to like work a commission base in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Influential. And then there's a, a just a new neighbor right now is like there's like a CBD extract place that actually ends up. Um, we've talked to them a lot of times, and they have a lot of similar equipment to what we do, and kind of similar process with. Um, safety regulations and and government stuff so that's been a cool neighbor to have too that's and that's just immediately next to us so yeah, those, are, those are good neighbors oh and matc i guess is there college kids. <laughs> <laughs> they can drink some beer yeah. right <laughs> for the the guitar shop do you guys have like live music or any sort of events in here i guess it's been a weird couple years but generally yeah. speaking <clears throat> um so we haven't done a lot in the past um we definitely hadn't haven't done any since um covid but that is definitely something that we want to do come spring and summer this year that like i said that is Audio is in my veins, and all my friends are musicians, and I live vicariously through them. So, <laughs> and we have the space for it, and we have yeah. the neighbors. There's, it's not residential right by us, so we definitely want to do some sort of some live music here come summer. And uh, yeah, we have the option to do a ton of different taproom activities that we just kind of had on on pause since the pandemic. So, sounds like a, an exciting future here for all crew. Yeah, it's definitely going to be exciting. More beer, more events, more everything. Um, I've just been talking to, uh, there's a, a, a t- tater tot food truck stand in uh, Milwaukee that we've been in contact with. Gosh. We're hoping to get them out here and also try to like uh, serve their serve their gluten-free tots in the tap room um, as like another food snack option. So One of my favorite uh, like bar foods, snacks, appetizers, if you will, is uh, loaded tachos. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's a whole tot food truck? Oh, yeah. And they, yeah so I they, want that. <laughs> they do. Um, I, I mean, I, I just, I just, it's tots on the street, so... Uh, look for it at all brew but they're they're in milwaukee uh they they have regular tots they have cheese curd stuffed tots oh right now they God. have like a buffalo chicken <laughs> that sounds tot. amazing i haven't eaten breakfast yet and i'm very hungry <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's gonna and th- i think that's like the perfect uh food pairing for beer um because you can eat as little as you you know as many calories or as little calories right. as you want um you could eat one tot or 100 tots yeah yeah and we have this we, it's i love sauces so we're, we want to do some of our own brew, you know beer cheese absolutely sauce oh, cool. or something yeah, like yeah. that so i think that'd be cool awesome have you guys done a whole lot um like outside or do you have intentions to do you mentioned like not being you don't have residential around so you, you can be as loud as you want right um can are you hoping to do some things like out in the parking lot as well yeah i mean for sure there's there's still uh you know a lot of red tape and permits and stuff sure. if we wanted to do like live music but it's definitely a possibility we did utilize our outdoor space a lot this summer and had a lot of um, great success just kind of setting up tables and having outdoor mm-hmm. dining whatever people uh, felt comfortable with we did our qr code contactless ordering which i we still have on all the tables because i think it's it's a great place just to look at the beer menu and read all the beer descriptions. Yeah, people which, are used to using the QR codes yeah, by this point. Yeah. <laughs> so and convenient. I, I, I like just I like just being able to see because you know it's a pain to print off new every time a new beer comes out you got to scrap the paper things yeah. and and uh, it's a good place you can put you know high quality photos on there and everything. So even if people don't order on it, I think it's 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 something that's going to stay probably throughout the industry and I'm okay with it. I think so too. Yeah, seeing that on restaurant tables all over the place, it's. That's a good option. I like that. Mm-hmm. So you, Reed, you mentioned like the the growth aspect and and that Alt Brew is is growing. And are you, is that growth at your current location here? Or are you look is are you guys kind of 
going to be maxed out soon as far as like production that you're going to have to look at other spaces or um are, are you are, are you at is Elbrew at the, the current location for at least for the time being um for the time being uh, we definitely have enough square footage to yeah. expand to get the bigger brewing system i mean the location still it, it's not ideal for the for the tap room location even even with such great neighbors so i mean it's something we always are looking at uh commercial real estate is super crazy in madison <laughs> so uh, maybe sometime down the road but for now we we do have a great production space and we can expand a lot within the, uh, the space we're in great don't go anywhere pour another round we'll be right back after we pay our beer tab we've grown our inventory of merchandise and now it is so much easier to purchase pour another round swag than it ever has been before Yes, no more of that Facebook shop BS that's confusing to navigate. Just head to pouranotherround.com and click on the shop. Pour Another Round t-shirts and hats are available in multiple colors and a variety of sizes to make all your beer drinking friends jealous. We've also got custom Pour Another Round draft top 3.0s, assorted handmade beer coasters, and Green Bay Beer, A History of the Craft, written by our very own Cameron Teske. We're so proud. Hey, that's me. (laughs) And I can't say enough about these shirts. They're so soft and comfortable and not at all stiff and scratchy. And the patch hats look amazing. So once again, head over to pouranotherround.com to place your order. Orders over $50 receive free shipping with the promo code free ship. And you'll get, you'll get our legacy there forever. Well, I think I think our glasses are getting empty here, so oh, let's. Uh, I'm dragging here. You're, ta- you're doing the most talking. We're just drinking over here. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's pour another round here. All right. Well, we have killed two birds with one stone here. We've poured two rounds. So, uh, Reed, let's talk about which one you want to drink. Sure. First yeah. So, um, two of my favorite IPAs. One that we started brewing uh, about a year and a half ago, and we we never really stopped. It really took off. So the the hazier, lighter colored one is going to be Rip Jeans and Wolf Shirts. It's a double dry hopped, uh, hazy IPA, 6.9% ABV. It definitely has a little bit lighter body. It's not like a New England style, um, but it certainly is hazy. Um, some really good hop char- characteristic in it, um, a little bit more like juicy, but yeah, not like super thick or no like adjuncts like that. Yeah, I think I'm, uh, we, we've, we've debated on, on here before, uh, you know, if, if we're kind of over, Jonathan and I personally are over the the IPA, the hazy IPA craze, and every time I drink one, like I think I am until I drink one, I'm like I don't like it. I'm 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 staying with it, sticking with them. Yeah, I I, I I don't think I'll ever get over it personally. That's something that, like really attached to me. And what I will say about hazy IPAs, which is something that I've come after being in the industry, is that like like one, they don't age well at all. They need to be fresh and they need to be kept cold. And all of that screams buy local to me. Yeah, for sure. And and I think. That's that's where winning is. Is just like it is my favorite beer style, but I've gotten burned so many times. Um, <laughs> you know, buying beer from all over the country mm-hmm. that's taken you know a long time to get there, gone through various temperatures. But you can walk into like a local brewery and get a hazy IPA, and it tastes great. And, yeah, that's that's fair. And I, I I want people to go. I want people to go to breweries. <laughs> it's, it's that's my favorite thing to do. It's my family's favorite thing to do. It's what I do with all my friends, and I think. Hazy IPAs kind of have a special place in the local beer market that that I, I hope never gets replaced. I think that's a good pitch for drink local for sure. Yeah. So where's the where's the name Ripped Jeans and Wolf Shirts come from? Sure. So um, this was uh, one beer that our brewer Stephen 100% conceived. Stephen in the summer he 
exclusively wears um, wolf shirts um, when he <laughs> oh, when he brews okay. especially. And then our uh, one of our brewers had uh, two times like in like two weeks just pants ripped in, <laughs> oh, on the job. You know, oh, no. um, so and we you know it's not about uh, you know your pants ripping out. It's you know ripped jeans uh, for a style trendy cool <laughs> yeah. Um, but we we kind of liked it because it it kind of screams like like to me it's really like garage rock like yeah. fuzz metal is kind of what that's like what my envisioning for the beer is which i which i love i do the i do most of the artwork for the labels and i'm not an artist so most of the things are triangles but eventually it's going to be a sweet <laughs> wolf on here <laughs> so what's 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 steven's story with wolf t-shirts um I, it's just something i think he i it's i i've known him forever um i've known him in college and it was just something that uh it kind of took <laughs> off. We, we all went to wolves. UW Oshkosh, and I think there there was like a huge like all, all a bunch of people in the music community, especially just got really into wolf shirts, and <laughs> everyone did wolf shirt Wednesday was a big thing. So you know, it's like oh, you don't have a wolf shirt yet. You know. <laughs> Loser. Yeah. That's really fun. Uh, when I when I think of wolf shirts, I think of uh, the Hangover. Sure. Yeah. 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 But I think that's a great option yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, and and all the people that come uh, from next door at the guitar shop, no matter what, if they hate hops, they love hops, they order that beer, which is <laughs> which is just hilarious. And then they're like, "Oh, man, it's kind of hoppy." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, it's yeah, it is." They read the other words. That's what it says. <laughs> they got caught up on the wolf shirts, yeah, so they didn't read any yeah. further. That is where marketing <laughs> yeah, wins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we 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 like that, and we uh, actually took that kind of into account. We we were fortunate to get. A great spot at the Great Taste of the Midwest this year um, at, at Madison Beer Fest, and uh, we kind of took off with the the kind of '80s metal style. Um, so we did our whole booth, and uh, Trevor had a Fu Manchu, and we all did wolf shirts. And um, fortunately, like most of our brewers, uh, most people that work here, like I have a hat on right now, but my hair is like to my waist. Um, and John, who's bottling right now, has really long hair. Stephen has a huge beard, so. We had a lot of hair, anyways, <laughs> and, and we ended up so we ended up getting like a, a you know some kind of honorable mention for best booth at the Great Taste, which was best booth, best yeah, hair. which is pretty sweet because you know <laughs> the gluten free brewery we're, out, we're automatically the underdog, um, yeah. mm-hmm. so it, it was fun and we had a lot of uh, great talks with people there. So <laughs> and so, Reed, you said that you're you you're primarily responsible for the artwork. Um, do the do the names come out of your brain too, or is that a collaborative effort? I, from the... I would say St- Stephen and Trevor, Stephen the the lead brewer and Trevor the owner. I think they really get they really get into the beer names. Okay, and there's a lot of terrible ones. Um, <laughs> and we just have like a Google Doc that's just you know dumb dumb beer names. Anything that, you think of? <laughs> yeah, and they're, and they're they're dumb. And then they they come up with this great and they're like, hey, Reed, we got this awesome thing. It's like we're going to do it's like this and this and this is kind of what it means and i'm like yeah but like i can't do the art so <laughs> what like what am i supposed to put on the label and it's like oh yeah 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 okay so then we we i i usually have some influence because it's like well how are we going to represent that with i want some art and like how are we going to represent that if it's something crazy like about a, especially people i can't do people mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it's a, it's a collaborative effort yeah, I mean the artwork, and then also the the marketability of it. Yeah, something something catchy, but not something so weird. People are like, what? yeah. So we uh, so we started. Um, good time to bring up. So last year we started our bulb brew series, um, which was had a lot of benefits for us. Um, but basically, it was just you know like everybody has their little pilot series. 
Um, so they're kind of like one-off batches. Um, we started even doing QR codes on the label that customers could review, like our loyal customers that could review and give us feedback because the taproom wasn't open at the time. So people would buy the beer, leave the taproom, we'd never hear anything about it, which was kind of a bummer, you know, uh, especially for the small batch stuff. So we started this bulb brew series, um, and we started brewing one-off batches. All the artwork was the same. I just changed the colors, and the beer was just called what the beer was. Sure. Um, because it eliminated a lot of like <laughs> the day of we want to release this beer, but we don't have any label or, or name for it. So, um, and a lot of our a lot of our current beers in our lineup now came from the Bulb Brew series and feedback that we got from um, our customers. So, and I think uh, it's hard to do it in the in the summer and the busy times um, because we just had to brew the beers that we distribute. Um, but in the winter, it's something that we really like to do. Was that series an opportunity to sort of trial new things and, and push the limits and, and how to work in some some funky brews with the, the gluten-free and how to pair those up? Is that kind of like your pilot yep, system? Yep, 100%. So, I mean, our pilot system is like, it's only it's one barrel instead of two barrels. Uh, it's, it's really <laughs> the same. It's the same system. We just uh, don't brew as big of batches. Um, but, yeah, like, so we have our, our Hefeweiss, our Hefeweiss beer, which was a bulb brew. I think it was like bulb brew three or something. I don't know. But that was one that got really good reception and it was something it's a half of ice is a, a wheat beer and we obviously don't have any wheat in our beer. <laughs> um, and it tastes just like a half of ice because okay. there's so much yeast characteristic and we're like that as that actually is what makes a half of ice to us. Um, like we tasted it and it's like, this tastes like a half of ice and it's, it's solely the yeast characteristic. And that was a winner because it was, and so we, we made that our like fall seasonal, um, our, Summer seasonal that was like our best selling beer in the summer was Greenview, which is a juicy pale ale. Um, that was a that was our first bulb brew idea. So yeah, we we've done a lot, and we've also done some gimmicky. You know, we did a Valentine's Day beer. It was like a white stout with raspberry or whatever stuff like that for the bulb brew, and it, it works out. Nice. So two of the beers that you have available in the tap room right now are you have the 2018 Velvet Midnight and the 2021 Velvet Midnight, both of which are are aged in J Henry bourbon barrels which we mentioned we're talking to them later today but what and so the velvet midnight is a is a brown ale but talk about the difference between 2018 versus 2021 are they are they do they taste pretty consistent or what's what would be the big difference between yeah those I, options I, mean, I think they're i think they're very different um okay. they do have like first of all they were brewed by two different people the original beers okay so that that was a big thing, and then the the whiskey characteristic I think is very similar. J. Henry is a very consistent product, yeah. um, which is why we love to use their their barrels. So that part I think is the same. And then also there's parts of just the 2018 we've had. It, it hasn't obviously been in a barrel since 2018, um, <laughs> but we had it we had it you know cellaring in in our walk-in cooler in a keg. So it definitely did take on a lot more. I think like plum notes and kind of some like port wine notes whereas the newer ones are always a little bit more assertive you get a little bit more whiskey punch Mm -hmm. and even still a little bit of bitterness from like hops that are still like lingering around so to me i think that the 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 new ones are always going to be punchier and the old ones they do get they get weirder um which is which i like i don't know it's just like unique deep flavors that you don't usually pick out especially with the brown ale i think some of that's lost um, in a barrel-aged stout, you get so much roast characteristic. The brown ale, you get a lot of, you, you're tasting a lot of the grains. So, 
and you uh, you were, you were showing us on the tour. Uh, your barrels are currently aging in the tap room, so you have you have two more bourbon barrels uh, for twenty twenty two. So what happened to nineteen and twenty? Yeah, we drank them that yeah, quickly. All. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's, that's so fair I think answer. Last year, uh, last year we, we had we did have a smaller batch, but yeah, we sold out of our Velvet Midnight. We the tap room wasn't open, and we sold out and just just bombers, and we sold out in like four hours. So wow. that was it was pretty exciting, but it was kind of sad because they were just <laughs> we did all this work and they were sitting there. We were looking <laughs> at them for a year, and then <laughs> one you know a couple hours later they're just gone from the brewery. So. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's pour this third round here and tell us what we got here. Sure, this is my this is my current favorite. This is Igneous IPA. It's a West Coast IPA. It's uh, something that we've conceived as it's kind of our new rotating hop series, um, but it is a West Coast IPA. So you don't you get a lot of hop characteristic without mm-hmm. without getting bogged down by um, you know grains and everything. So this is very clear, very clear body, um, light body, and then this one has. This is our third iteration. It's Cashmere and Nelson hops, and I'm kind of sensitive to Nelson. Um, I think it has a really distinct flavor, but and you can definitely taste it here, and I think it works. Igneous is, uh, it's also like always mispronounced when people come to the tap room is like ingenious or something. Like. I literally, it's, it's it's hanging right behind your head, and I was reading through all the the beer names, and it's like ingenious. Yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. wonder what the volcano there is. Because once, <laughs> no, once you start it. with once you start with not with idge, and then you, you can't fix it. So right. You, you, um, but yeah, it's kind of a node. Um, it's kind of a node to obviously like Stone IPA, the classic uh-huh. West Coast, and it's just a volcanic rock. Um, so we got you know volcanoes for the artwork, which made it cool. But yeah. It's it's uh, third iteration and and it, we're probably gonna keep on doing it. So it's pretty much exclusively like a taproom only release. We don't distribute it, but it's it's a fun one and it's one of my favorite styles. So this this is very clean, clear, crisp beverage. Uh, the first one that we drank, the Hiking Boost, was also very clear. Does does a gluten free beer does that change the What's the official? Is it veracity? Veracity? veracity is that a word? Making viscosity. Viscosity. Sure. Is that is that the haziness of of a beer? Um, it, it definitely it works different. The ingredients that you can put in a regular gluten beer to get more haze is it's gluten ingredients that we don't use. Mm-hmm, so right. um, the, uh, one of the big saving graces for gluten free brewing is buckwheat. Doesn't have a huge flavor. It also doesn't contribute a ton of like ABV. Not a lot of fermentable sugars, but it does aid with. It adds some cloudiness and it also helps with head retention. Head retention with the gluten-free beers is actually that's like one of the hardest things to get because there's just the proteins or whatever are, are not as present. Um, so that that's part's hard, um, but it still is. You know, there's there's a art to getting a clear beer and there's an art to getting a hazy beer and Sometimes it doesn't matter, <laughs> and sometimes it does. You want you want our West Coast to be to be more clear because that's the mm-hmm. that's the trend. So, so you guys have done here at Old Brew. You've you have a West Coast IPA. You've got a stout. You've got a hazy, the Hefe, um, Copper Ale, Blonde Ale. Are there beer styles that you've been either trying or wanted to try but just haven't come to fruition or haven't haven't worked out? Haven't well, there's been, I mean, there's, there's, there's a long running joke with um, one of our favorite breweries in Madison, Giant Jones, and talking to Jessica and Erica, and, and my favorite beer that I had this year, probably, probably my favorite beer I had this year was their Doppelstick Alt Beer, okay, and, and that is a style Alt Beer. Some people just call us Alt Beer, but we actually <laughs> haven't really done an Alt Beer style 
And so I think that's something that we really want to do. And, and like Jessica's idea is always just, then we can just call it normal beer. <laughs> Cause it's, yeah. it's two alts, you know, cancel. And then, um, so that, that's something that I think that we, that we want to do just, just for the funniness of the, of yeah. the name. And, and I think a, the regular alt beer is, is actually, it's pretty, pretty close to an amber ale. So it's a pretty palatable, easy drinking beer. And I think that that's something that we want to do. We've experiment like we, uh, we kind of started up our souring program and, uh, we're excited about that. We can get some pretty good sours. So I think that's something that we're going to try to work, work more on and, and get, um, it's hard because it's the, the, I, I like the regular old school, like sours, not so much that are just like a hundred percent puree, but that is what people want. So kind of walking that line, but. And you do have a fruitcake beer. Was that created kind of for the holidays? And... Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's called, uh, that's, that's called, Hey, we didn't consult the marketing guy, and we're gonna make a beer. <laughs> Got it. Um, but it, it's 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 pretty good, and it's it's like I tell people, like it depends who you're talking to, because the beer itself, I don't think is that weird. It's 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 a drinkable good beer. But some people like you want to tell them it's weird because then they want like oh, I want to try that. Oh, like, yeah. That sounds crazy. Would. Um, and so we did put a, we put a uh, fruit puree in there. We had to get pineapple, mango, and cherry. But then it is a maltier beer to kind of get like that, that cake style. We've been experimenting with it, uh, serving it, serving it warm with brandy, which we can't do at the tap room, but we can do in the back of the tap room. Um, <laughs> we'll be in the back. So if you, so if you know a guy, you know the secret code, maybe. But we saw and we saw a lot of bottles, so that's, even we even put that on the bottle is like try it this try way. Try it with it, brandy because mm-hmm. it, it, it's a good holiday drink. Well, and the, uh, the the marketing label or the label on it from the marketing guy, very Andy Warhol. Oh, thank you. I tried really hard, but I was also, that was one I was like under the gun of like <laughs> this beer needs to come out tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, it's a fruitcake uh, Andy Warhol. Well done. Well done. <laughs> and it kind of looks a little Christmassy. It does. Yeah, it does. So Reed, you talked about like, at the at the craft beer events, you're kind of already the underdog, um, and and starting from from behind, I guess, if you will. But you, Old Brew has won awards from the Great American Beer Festival and from the World Beer Cup. So tell us about the the awards and what beers those were that, that are award-winning. Sure, yeah. So um, oh, let me see. So Copperhead, which is our one of our year-round bestsellers, that has won a World Beer Cup some level. Bronze. I can see it on the picture right <laughs> there. Oh, yeah, bronze. <laughs> and then it won silver, a silver medal at GBF. Um, and that was like, I think it was around like, one was like 2016 and one was 2017 or something. So that's, it is our most awarded beer. Um, and it is a great beer. And then, um, just last year, yeah, 2020, we won a silver medal at the GABF for our 1808 Robust Porter. So we were really excited about that. Um, some of our favorite beers. So we're trying to win every year. So <laughs> Does, I was, I was just about to ask what the significance of the 1808 year is. And then you is, looked at the door. Address, and then I looked to the <laughs> yeah, left. Yeah. So it is not a specific year. <laughs> yeah. I, I did research a lot of events that happened in 1808 to try to link it. And was there any sort of sweet ship? There were ships. There were a lot of ships people, in 1808. People, people floated <laughs> on the water. <laughs> Well, Reed, uh, before we go, we always ask uh, a traditional question. If you're not drinking your own beer, what do you find yourself drinking? Whether that's beer, booze, juice, whatever. <laughs> what, what, how do you how do you enjoy yourself outside? Sure. Of work? So I, I will say because uh, I wanted to tell this at uh, Christmas, I did go home at Northwestern Wisconsin to visit my parents. 
um, on Christmas Day. My, my sister lives in the Twin Cities, and she brought back, uh, they have weird packaging liquor laws in, in Minnesota, <laughs> but um, she brought me back some crawlers from, uh, from local breweries in Minnesota um, that I hadn't had, and I was really excited, and uh, she brought them cold, and that's another pitch of keep your beer cold. Um, <laughs> well done, And sister. she took them out of her cooler, and I was going to put them into my cooler, and I was walking down the stairs, and I uh, fell, because, uh, oh, no. <laughs> and my shoulder dislocated, but... My head was saved because the crowler of beer from <laughs> Ven Brewing saved my head, and it also it got very dented, but it didn't break, and then I was able to drink it, and it was a very good beer. <laughs> so shout out to Ven Brewing. I got two crawlers from them. They're all, like some of the best. So, so Ven Brewing saved your yes. life, and their packaging is very and durable. the beer. Most importantly, the beer tasted good. <laughs> most importantly, <laughs> um, but so shout out to them. But that I I don't know too much about them. Excited for my head two beers, and they were very good. <laughs> Otherwise, I I just drink beer, and I drink I I love Madison, Wisconsin, beer, and I just drink a lot of beer. My favorites are. Uh, Giant Jones, as I mentioned before, and and Working Draft, we have great relationship with them. But I, I always say, drink local and drink cold. That's what you should do, and that's what I like do, to do. Do you have a favorite style, or do you do you change it up seasonally? Um, yeah, I, mo- I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get in. I mean, I, I'm just really, you know, I'm really a hazy IPA guy. Um, but I really love a good ESB, harder to find in the local market. But I think everyone should brew more of those because they're great beer. Have you, have you had McFleshman's oh in Appleton? Gosh. I love they have a great ESB. Their ESB is all their beers are very good, and yeah. those are all probably not styles that I'm like attracted to, but they do them very well. And it's like any beer that's done very well, any style is is good. <laughs> there you go. That's a beer lover at heart. And McFleshman's, uh, by the time actually this episode comes out, will have already put out a beer for the pour another round anniversary oh, so yeah. well there's going to be a, a beer a vienna lager um, oh, called yes. par none p-a-r pour another round get it? <laughs> I get it. so by the, by the time everyone's listening to this episode uh mcfleshman's par none will be available so go check out that vienna lager so reed thanks so much for chatting with us today um appreciate you having us here at alt brew at your tap room um, for our listeners, um, be sure to either visit Alt Brew right here at the Tap Room in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, you said your your beer is primarily available in the Madison, Milwaukee areas. Yep. Yeah, and Tap Room is open um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, one to nine. Um, right now, probably looking to expand those hours as the weather gets nicer. But stop by the Tap Room, buy our beer. We have a lot of great vendors. Uh, one thing I will say is because we're gluten free, we are able to work with a ton of breweries and have our beer at breweries, which mm-hmm. is kind of unique thing for us. So go to breweries, drink our beer, drink all brew and drink their beer. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So drink, uh, be sure to drink local, try alt brew. Um, uh, their gluten-free beer, visit the tap room, which is a completely gluten-free tap room facility in Madison, Wisconsin. And when you, uh, do find some alt brew beer, be sure to pour another round for us. Thanks, Reed. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pour Another Round. Be sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Pour Another Round. We'll be sharing news and information from breweries who are friends of the show. You can also find out what we're drinking and hear about upcoming featured breweries as well. Until next time, be sure to pour yourself another round. <laughs>